Hello there, nerds, and welcome to Crit Chat, where a group of DMs get together every other week and discuss important things in life, like how is me? What? Hello. Oh, wait, no, sorry, audio's being weird. Hello? Hey. hey. Sorry, is anyone else's audio acting weird? Is this thing on? Who the fuck is that? Wait, fuck. Wait. Hello? You know what the fuck's happening? Yeah, hey, guys, well, guys. Oh, guys? Shit, I think it's... God fucking damn it, Owen Piper, I know this is you. You son of a bitch. God! Is it working? Jay, speak, say something. You, are we doing it? Ha oh, lads, I think we're in. I think we're in, boys. I'll, I'll send the comps I rejects back to their, their dungeon. Noble podcast listener, do not adjust your set. We are in control of the airways. All your podcast and begone... Oh, shit. Holy shit, I think we actually did it. Hello there, nerds. Welcome to Crit Chat, where a group of DNs get together every other week and discuss the important things in life. Like, why the fuck does Ismay pretend she's tough and cool when she's weak like baby and her podcast is so easily hackable by me, a master hack boy? Um, this week, we have with us the one, the only, the incomparable, Jay Little. <laughs> Cough, cough, a cough, tremendously cough, good intro cough. there. I'm sure you'll agree. Cough, as he cough, hacks cough, up his cough, fucking cough. lungs. Cough, 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 cough. <laughs> I was trying so hard not to cough because I swallowed my tea wrong. And you were like, "Don't fuck up the intro." And I was like, "Got it." Immediately put tea down my fucking windpipe. Should we do it? Ismay, I'm sorry. I'm not. This, this is, is gold, content. baby. Ismay, put this up for patrons or something. Let them listen to this. Our failed, our failed attempts. Screw you, Owen Pipe. I'm in the machine, you fop-haired son of a bitch. And I'm your host, Owen Piper. You know me, you know who I am. This week we're talking about, uh, we're going to do world building, we're going to talk about how to do it, we're going to do it live in front of you all, because this is a one-off and we couldn't think of anything cool to do without stealing someone else's topic. Um, you may have noticed a slight change in programming here. Uh, we, Jay and I, we do a podcast called Think of the Children, and we have taken over Crit Chat for this, the first episode of the year. It's going out, I think, on the 4th. If Ismay's told me, if I'm remembering everything right anyway. If Ismay not a dirty fucking liar. Ismay is a dirty, filthy liar lady. Eat my whole ass. Um, but uh, yeah, we've, we've taken over and we're going to do an episode of Crit Chat for you all. Uh, and we're going to talk about world building. And we're going to do it in front of you all live because this is a one-off, like I said. My next question is normally, Jay, how are you doing? But like that doesn't feel appropriate. So, Jay, how many goblins have you killed that's dungeons and dragons right oh that's a good question i don't know if i've actually ever killed a goblin good don't they're good precious boys i actually genuinely don't think i've ever killed a goblin in D, which is very you've weird. played D I've... with me you've definitely killed a goblin at least once i know because the only game of D i've played with you is the one where we fought the scarecrow people and the shadow and then there was also the one where you we ran a level 10 game and we only fought like whites i need to get you to kill some goblins i know i've never killed a goblin yeah dude we need to play dnd i want to play dnd i love cock blocking you i should be killing goblins left right and center can we just re- can we just play dnd can we just do a one-off now a one shot a one-on-one <laughs> i mean i've got i can go get yawning paul <laughs> it'll be fine do my goddamn podcast you little shits so yeah uh before we get started jay do you want to like tell people your experience with Dungeons and Dragons, I get they've never heard your voice before. This is a new, a new, bold new territory for the Crit Chat listener base, which is vastly, yeah. vastly bigger than ours. So, like, you know, sell yourself. Hey, uh, I, I, I have the legendary status of actually completing a campaign of Dungeons and Dragons. What which, the fuck to, is that? Not, not to toot my own horn, but uh, I'm the best. Yeah, I have. Uh, I play D and D usually every week with a group of idiots, and I've got a pretty decent experience. I spend. I've actually entirely replaced my entire personality with. Dungeons and Dragons. I no longer am a person. I am essentially the Dungeon Master's Guide. That is a, that's impressive. Point. Is there like a surgery involved in that? Did you have to like go to a doctor to get like a personality transplant? Come on, no, it's it's D and D. It's an arcane ritual. You fucking of filthy. course, of course. How foolish of me. Sorry, that's me you trying to bring absolute idiot modern medicine into the world of Dungeons and Dragons. So we're gonna do it then. Let's talk about world building. I guess. Yes. Let us do that. So Jay, how do you 
traditionally sort of fill out a world. We'll get to building a world in like the second half or whatever. Like what what are some techniques that you would recommend when it comes to building a world, an interesting world for your players to interact in? I've obviously got my ways of doing it. Let's talk about your ways to do it. Uh, honestly, I just fixate on whatever obsession I have at the moment and just make a world based around that, whether my players want to do it or not. Cool. So like, yep. can you give some examples? <laughs> uh, I was weirdly into, when I started running my current campaign, which is like a weird etherpunk victorian era zombie apocalypse i had just i had just finished watching carbonary of the iron fortress which is a steampunk zombie adventure set in ancient japan and i was like that sounds cool but i don't want to do that weeb shit so i just <laughs> made it britain and then it just went from there and then, and you then just... it turned into a massive thing it's just it's so complicated at this point so but it like got weird so, but you did the did you do the world building like emergently like over the course of the campaign did you have like a like... yeah i i am very much in any creative process it's very much like a gardening you know the, there's like the two words up there's the, the two types of writer where one plans everything out and one's like a gardener who just like drops in a seed and watches the foot you fucking grow yeah i i do that and then i'll just be like that's way but like my current campaign has like gods and shit in the original version like there was no organized religion whatsoever and now there's like an entire city based around it and shit like why start off with is very different to what i've got now a dnd also is one of those things where it works the best i think if you do it that way because there's just so much shit you cannot prepare for with players oh like, definitely i had an entire like whole thing like they, there was these big important artifacts that were like super dangerous and they were supposed to like basically protect them and then find out what they were over the course of the adventure second session one of my players just gave it to the government and then they never got it back oh yeah no like your 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 storytelling you've got to be able to pivot that very easily like yes so like the world kind of like can reflect that based on what you do so like the law can change and shit i had like a gurps game i was running once it was like a sci-fi gurps game and i had like this spider queen thing it was like a big alien spooder um and it was supposed to be like the big baddie and it was like meant to like set things up for like future conflicts uh but in the end they made friends with it um and i was like okay that's cool i guess i have to rewrite my entire notes now which i did do but it was it was yeah that's good yeah also the other issue with that with that gardening philosophy of like (laughs) running a story is that sometimes you'll add shit like that seems really cool in the moment when you have no plan and then later you're like why the fuck did i put dragons in they've only encountered one dragon and i did it as a one-off because i thought it was cool and now i'm stuck with it i have no idea where to put it This haunts me in my nightmares. The way I build my worlds, then, I'm I'm very much the, the planner one. I like to plan things out a mm-hmm. lot. And that's not to say one of these approaches is worse than the other. Like, it depends on who you are as a writer, as a DM. I like, I don't need to know, like, everything about the world I'm making, but I like to know a few key things, like, what system of government does it have? Usually feudal, because it's a medieval fantasy game. What kind of biomes are there in this world is there different is there a like a a system of courts and shit then i think from that you can inform the kind of campaign you're gonna make like is it like you know is it very game of thronesy or there's a lot of internal politics is it a grand adventure is it always sunny in the forgotten realms you don't know until you like do it so that's that's how i tend to go for it it's weird i tend to i I always ask my players like for their backstories and then i'll incorporate shit they've done into the world oh yeah for sure and then i'll incorporate stuff for like the first like i'll make the first town and i'll really focus on that and then when we leave that area then the next i'll I'll build it as i go a little bit but i have a plan in mind a sort of structure yeah for me i kind of like the initial concept is very much like whatever comes off the top of my head and then i plan a bit like the base idea like most of what i do first time i do anything is i do a map of it Mm. so i'll just draw a map i'll decide on like city locations based on like you know what's nearby and then like the whole concept of that town will be based around where this it is. is a good idea at yeah. least in my- so like one town i created was in a mountain range it's called Moonwatch, and it's based around this giant ancient observatory that's it and then usually what happens is like 
I will prepare what the town is like if my players are planning to go there. And then I'm like, so kind of like what you were yeah. saying. So I base it around that. So then off, also often like then a city will completely change and world building's weird. World building's- And usually done at three in the morning. Yeah, it's the kind of thing I think about when I'm on the toilet. Like when I was, yep. when we did um, Not Saving the Realm, which is my D&D actual play podcast, which you should listen to. And I promise I will update it at some point. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, we just got to the, ne- uh, the next town, the second town. It was like a port town. And I wanted to have like a kind of piratey sort of tradey vibe there. And it was very different to the first, I thought. Uh, but I didn't think about doing mm. that until like we were on the road to that town. So it's definitely a thing you can... This is weird. This is becoming like the most informative episode of Crit Chat yet. Normally there's more boner <laughs> jokes than this. Normally they're funnier too. I'm sorry. That was mean. I think I'm still salty about the part where you stole my podcast. We've got to kind of get the quota up a little bit. Do you ever have like big phallic spires in your world? Like big phallic towers? I'm trying to think. I often have big phallic towers in my world. I think it's... I have, I have a phallic... I wouldn't say it's phallic, but it's definitely a big ass tower in the center of like the capital of my current setting, See, which is called the Lord Tower. And I, at the top of the Lord's Tower is the Lord. So I don't know if that's like a cum joke, like he's about to release the Lord. I don't know. I do the he same thing. He fires energy blasts from it, so I, that's something. I do the same thing with a big tower in the center of the capital. I think that's just because I played Oblivion once. Yeah, that's definitely <laughs> probably where I got it from. I, I was like, like all my games now. <laughs> oh no, don't. The amount of times I will come up with a concept. It's usually character concepts. Like I had one character who shows up in a lot of my sayings as like a running joke. And then I was rewatching Deep Space Nine and I was like, oh my God, I just ripped off Garak. Yeah, it's like you you don't you don't notice that you're ripping something off until you like look at it in the cold light of day and think, ah, oh, yeah, that's like, something ugh. I stole. Definitely, we're gonna just ignore that. Uh, yep. Okay, so I don't even I, I don't know how the fuck people do this all the time. This is my first time hosting Crit Chat, and I'm like, how the fuck do you do it, y'all? This is hard. I guess there's normally like two more guests. <laughs> hard like an erection. There you go. There's another, there we go. There's another bonus joke. Oh, we the got tally. there. We got there. Is that is this is this something? Is this anything? Um, is this what you want? You know it's not. That's all good and well and good for sort of like like recent world shit and stuff like like archi- like wh- the way it's laid out. But when it comes yep. to like the lore of the world that you're making as well, like is there any way? Is there anything you do for that, or do you kind of just again wing it a little bit? I actually, it's kind of the same way the initial concept. I just whatever like seems cool at the time, and also it's very much based on like how I name it. Like I have for one other thing like. The language is based. I base the language on like um, Eastern European languages, like because it was like about vampires. So I base it on like Transylvania. So I kind of like think of a concept, link a real life thing culture to it, and then like I'll build it from there. So like the capital is like Albion. So like oh, it's just London again, or like you know shit like that, and go from there. See, some of them are very. I also have a really bad habit of naming everything pretty literally. So I have one thing that's a it's a giant airship port built on the back of a giant crab, and it's called Clawport. I'm very clever. That no, that's cool. I love that. Clawport's amazing. That's fucking incredible. I love naming shit like really on the nose stuff like that. Well, because that's what that's like. Because it's from Britain, like everything is named for what's there. Oh, you're gonna go to oh, in this next quest, guys, you're gonna go to Ghost Hollow or Murder Town (laughs) or Amity. Ghost Hollow's actually legit cool. Ghost Hollow's fine, but like you're gonna go to like oh, you're gonna go to Blood Moon. I'm like, well, what's happening in Blood Moon? Guess what? It's werewolves. Like, no shit, it's werewolves. You're gonna go to subsequent plot point land. Hey, 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 get on my railroad. It's where everything that happens after what you just did happens. <laughs> basically it that's it there you go that's how you make a world just keep going it's like a railroad track that's why spirit tracks is such a shit game hey fuck you hey, now, now fuck you spirit <laughs> tracks is lit eat my whole dick there was a little gremlin man in it that wore two hats and that was the fucking coolest thing ever and i loved him he was the villain but like he was dope owen here is just describing his life 
How am I a little gremlin man that wears like two hats? I don't know. I've never actually seen you in a hat. I don't think about it. You never. Jay's never actually seen me in person, despite the fact yeah. we've got all this like back and forth chemistry. We've never actually met. This is our first time talking as well. It's kind of amazing. I don't even know what Critch is. How did I get here? Where I don't am know. I? I told you we're hacking in because because are, thought... are we in Mount Everest somehow? No, I'm just doing a fun New Year's prank on my friend Ismay, and we're hacking. Oh, okay. her. We're hacking her podcast right now. You're off the Christmas card list. Maybe if she was not weak like a baby, she could protect her podcast. Maybe if she was not weak like baby I, I'm, I'm sure she's like desperately counter hacking us but that's just not gonna happen this week baby is gonna slap the shit out of you <laughs> i've got to know did she write that line she... no i <laughs> wrote write... i i wrote the line about how she's weak like baby <laughs> Well, I've... yeah, because you're just—that's—that's that's the other thing. You get inspired from real life, just like Owen's dialogue that he wrote. Exactly, yeah. Because I was inspired is by weak, the fact like that my friend, babby. my friend Ismay, is weak like a baby. Baby is sad now. A baby, a baby. Um, and so I wrote that into the script for this, and that's what you can yeah, get inspired by real life. Like when it comes to sort of like building like lore and stuff, I'm obsessed with like local heroes, like old, like local, yes. like local legends are really cool. Um, like folk, folk, folk tales almost. Um, and that's how I kind of build up the law. Like all the shit about the gods and all their bollocks. Like, that doesn't really interest me as a person. Yeah. I can see how it might interest someone else. And that's kind of why I ask players, hey, do you give a shit about what's going on in the celestial planes ever? The answer is usually oh. no, because why would you? You want to just go kill stuff and have sex with bar wenches if you're Bonnie. That's you fair. Know? I very much find a lot of my worlds are very like they are past their prime, like they are decaying. Yeah. I find that interesting because then it's like your players can instigate a new resurgence in the world or maybe like they're a byproduct of it like a lot of my characters in my current campaign are very much like they are kind of byproducts of their upbringing so one person's from essentially like Moss Eisley from Star Wars in Ooh. but like times a hundred where it's like a fucking horrific like murder scape in the frozen north that everybody's trying to get out of and like every literally like everybody who comes out of that city is like you can tell when somebody else has been to it or has lived there at some point because they just got this look in their eye of like they're waiting for someone to stab them even after they left the town 20 years ago it's that bad i think adding little little points like that about your your like towns as well like when people have a certain look about them you're like oh they're from this place yeah not even like an accent because an, ac- an accent's easy but like I think what adds to the fantasy is that it's a place is so well known for one thing that you can see them like that. I always find that's really cool in like books and stuff when you can, when the author describes like, oh, this person's from this area, that's what their defining trait is because it's really interesting. Like it's just like in real life, like I can spot a Tory from a mile away, right? (laughs) Because they usually they usually walk with their fucking hands in their pockets to protect their money from the fucking working class that are trying to steal it, and they've always got the look of murder and hatred in their eyes because you know they they, you know they sit there and masturbate thinking about how all the poor people are going to die one day. Um, Plus the very the very nuanced name of their homeland, Hate Poor People Town. <laughs> yeah, Hate Poor People Town. I wasn't on board when someone suggested I put Hate Poor People Town in my world in D&D, but I'm glad I did it because it was really fun to burn it to the ground. Yep. Uh, so yeah, that's some ways you can do that. I mean, again, world building is kind of a weird thing. It's good to kind of just pepper stuff throughout, I think. I think we're both in kind of agreement on that. I have a, I have a question for you. Yeah. I don't know if this, is, this is related, definitely. Um, In terms of like how lag... Every, obviously, like, Elvish is Elvish and Dwarvish is Dwarvish, obviously, but, like, how do you... Do you ever do, like, different variations of, like, common? And I don't mean, like, they have different dialects or accents. I mean, the like, language. straight up... Yeah, I mean, like, straight up different languages. You know what I mean? If I... I on occasion, I, c- I would do that. I don't tend to... So, in, like, the, the home setting, I will use 
because common for me is just like it's the it's the language that everyone speaks here yeah right so that doesn't necessarily mean it's a different it doesn't mean it's the language is called common and it's you know this is the common dialect this is just it's the it's the the mother tongue of this land it's the equivalent of english in england yeah but if you're gonna go somewhere else then yeah you probably have to learn the language again like not everyone in the world speaks common this isn't mass effect like you probably have to look like it's not like you can go to a new galaxy and know the language the alien is speaking because of a universal translator they never that's an example of terrible world building actually Um, yeah but yeah i can i I would definitely do something like that if you have to go abroad for whatever reason or like you have a traveler from the the far east who teaches you the way of the blade uh like there's no <laughs> he may not necessarily speak the language well you were out killing goblins i studied the blade <laughs> i studied the blade uh, now i'm a level five samurai with two levels in cleric oh baby I, w- I was thinking more like as in like and also branching off from that i mean do you ever like think of how obviously common is not english it's like fantasy standard yeah whatever if they were to enter a real world do you ever think of like how their language would sound to us i think it would be of... comp- i think it'd be completely different I think. no no I, yeah but i mean like if you had to give like because obviously certain languages have certain sounds oh like, how it like physically sounds to the ear you yeah because you know like like the spanish language is obviously very quick yeah whereas like german is very slow and a bit harsher and the same as russian and stuff like that so like i i guess that's something you'd have to think about uh, depending on the kind of world that you're making like I think when you get to that point, it's definitely something you've probably put a while into because yeah. that's that's quite a low thing that's not really going to affect gameplay. It's just not, a more interesting. It's not. It's not a very high priority part of the world building, but it's definitely something interesting to think about. And like, yeah. if, and it's something that you definitely do want to think about if you want to like use this world for more games. Like, there's, there's a lot of people. I hear a lot of DMs do this. They'll like use the world. They'll give it. They'll finish their campaign. They'll put in like a 25 year time skip, and then you've got it's a new campaign. Yeah. So like, that's... it's it's something you want to think about for sure. Mm. Um, that's interesting. You've, you've yes. given me an interesting thing to think about there friend i apologize for this not being very funny by the way i know there's normally more people here we're not really selling ourselves very well <laughs> i mean it's very hard to do like our branch of particular type of comedy when talking about D because it doesn't really we're not really like ruining D. no we just like D, and yeah, we, we just talk, like, like D. we talk is... about we, jay and i could talk about D for literally hours and like yeah. if, so, if someone won't stop us then we will just go off on a rant for a honestly, good long while if if this doesn't hack us back we may just honestly spend three hours a week live streaming us talking about D. don't worry i can just put in the part before you started where owen ripped ass and you idiots laughed about it for 10 minutes do you want to start then sort of like building a world with me now live on air yes that could be it. something that could be a fun thought exercise for us and for the listeners at home so if you want to build a world follow these handy dandy guides so where should we start i always think of like how a world how it was created is a good way to go but you're talking like creation myth or are you talking about like i don't know like maybe not because this is, I... well no because this is what i did when i made a world for one of my campaigns like I basically stole some lore um, from somewhere, and like a dragon died, and it's and, up. and on its back the world was formed, and like, That's very eye, cool. and its eyes became the sun and the moon, and all this bullshit. I can't, I forgot. I, I think this is just Gilgamesh. Now I think about it, but. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's where I stole it from. So yeah, that's, you can can do something like that, but also you got to think about like what that might yeah, not necessarily be true. That might be just what someone thought happened. For me, when I do a world, I tend to think of like what's the. I tend to go for the tone of the campaign first, and then yeah. build the world around it. Okay, so what kind of campaign do we want to build? I don't know. That's a good question. Do we want to build something grimdark or old school, maybe, or even like? What about we do something difficult? Where we we're different. Where we just make the world aggressively happy. Oh, this could be fun. <laughs> <laughs> but the world is like it's like we happy few but everyone is just actually happy and it's really weird 
it's like the cartoon version of D and D. Yeah. Speaking of like, which, right? By the way, that eighties cartoon that was the D and D one, there was an acrobat class in it, and that's not in Five E. And I'm pissed off. Give me my alphabet, uh, my alphabet class, my alphabet domain for the cleric. Give please. me my alphabet domain, please, and my acrobat class, uh, wizards. I know one of you listens to this show. At least one of you does, probably. I know that Perkins guy whose name I forgot. That Chris Perkins guy. Yeah, he probably that's listens to this. That's the one. Hey, Chris Perkins, if you're listening, give me acrobat, you fuck. Yeah. Okay, so... I want my level 20 barbarian acrobat. I want my... Yeah, my 10 levels in barbarian, 10 levels in acrobat. Where is it? Thank you. I've got Path of the Storm and also Jump Good. Um, what... Okay, so we want to make a sort of, like, bright, upbeat world then. I yeah. don't want to put in, like, any... Sp- we could put in, like, a spooky dark forest, but, like, I don't want it to be, like, a nasty spooky dark forest. It's, like, it's like yeah. the one from Pokemon, where it's, like, full of fairies and nice shit. Yes. Um, what, okay, my next my next question I'm going to ask, and this is going to sound, like, a little bit political of me, because it inherently is, but <laughs> it does inform, sort of, like, the structure of the world. Okay. What kind of political systems are at play here? Are we talking about, like, you know... There is a monarch, and there are, like, lords and vassals. Or is this, like, a feudal system, like the Sengoku Jidai or whatever? Or is this, like, a republic? Like, what, what, are, we, what, are, we, what, are, we, what are we dealing with? Is it a lawless wasteland? Like, what I do are we... like the idea of it being a lawless wasteland where it's just really happy, so I no one really commits... I also kind of like the idea So no one ever commits any crimes, but people who do commit crimes, like, no one really brings them to justice because there are no laws, and yeah. no one's too happy to kill them. So, like, the guy's just like, I, dude, I got free money from fucking everywhere, dude. Like, <laughs> holy shit. <laughs> it's just actually just like just absolute pure anarchy. Yeah. So, but like, all- but the like, I mean, like, ninety nine percent of people are just like obnoxiously happy, and it's just the one percent are like, dude, we can just do the fuck like anything we want to do. And those one like, percent are the mayors of the towns. Yes. <laughs> They are like corporations, all, and that's all the government. Of the, all of the government are tremendously corrupt. Yes. Because they've realised they can just embezzle the fuck out of all their citizens who are aggressively... Yes. Who are we have to be careful happy. that we don't just make Britain. We have to be... Well, especially in 2019, yes. set, after the vote Britain, but here we are. Um, so that's good. I like that. So that that leads like some interesting. Is has the world always been this way, or is it, or has it been? Is this a recent development? I like. I always like putting in like a massive world shattering event that does affect stuff. So like maybe I don't a know. certain politician got voted into office. I, we can't go <laughs> just complete broadcast on this, okay? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Didn't realise I was making a podcast with fucking H Bomber guy. Christ, and bike. <laughs> no, but you did know you were making a podcast with me, a very <laughs> political person. This is very true. Okay, no, I think like you don't like putting gods in your campaign, so maybe we should shake you out because the campaign. Maybe they're like all the other gods. Like there was this big thing happened. All the other gods were like, "Fuck this shit," and then one god stayed behind. He's like, "I'm the god of happiness. I can fix this." I just made the world super happy, and then he was like, "I, I oh, actually no, kind of, I actually kind of like that. Like the god of joy or whatever. Like all the other gods." died in a war or something with yep. man right there was a war between man and god the only one that like survived was the god of joy because it was like so small and weak because there was no joy going on you're killing gods yep. uh, and then he's like right well all the other ones are dead i'm gonna deal with this and then he does and then he becomes tremendously powerful and then everyone's aggressively aggressively happy yeah uh that doesn't mean not murderous but yep. the, this the question i now have though is like, what how do the players interact with the world because like what if they're not aggressively happy they're part I like of the one percent i like to bastards. imagine that like when the god of joy came into power there was like most of the most of humanity died out so like all the people that were born were born into this new world where they were like oh my god everything's amazing we have no issues because the gods aren't trying to murder every single person on the planet but the people that were left behind from the war were like oh my god nothing is nothing will ever bring me joy they're like they're so fucked up from this horrific 
specific war that they're like, shit. So they form the 1% that never really feels like obsessive happiness, and the players okay. are like descendant from them. Oh, okay, so they've kind of passed on those, tra- and they th- that gives you agency, I guess, to choose whether or not you yeah. buy into this this obsessive joy or not. Yeah, you always got to give your players an out so they yeah. don't kill themselves with a fucking truck. Yeah, no. I, I actually had a player almost do that once. We were playing a cyberpunk game and they almost fucking drove a truck. They drove a truck into the headquarters of the building, almost killing all the other I players. have that in my <laughs> current fantasy setting. That's how bad that session turned out. Oh, wowzers. <laughs> yeah, they tied, they tied one of their unconscious teammates to the side of the truck that was going 30 miles per hour because they didn't know what else to do because they failed one strength check to pull him wowzers. back up. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> building this world then, uh, before we get off topic and just end up giving us anecdotes about D&D, which, is what, which we'll inevitably do anyway. Yep. Um, so I like that, because that kind of sets up all the towns to be kind of like their own individual entities, which is good for questing, it's good for plot hooks, because then you can like have a town that's like, I don't know, on the fringes that isn't as joyful, and then you've got the capital that's like, you must be smiling all the time, wear the mask. Um, yep. And if you don't, I do, we'll cut I your do like to head imagine... Off. I do like to imagine like the idea of um, when the players start going out and doing quests, and like they figure out all the like they like just normal people. They're not like depressed. They're just normal people. They're like, oh, I feel happiness and sadness, and they rock into a town. Everyone's super happy. They're like, oh, cool. And then they realize, like, oh, the mayor's abusing these people. And then they do like eventually they overthrow the mayor or kill him or whatever. And then all the people in the town like have this weird imbalance where they suddenly go from like super happy to like just normal. So they're just it looks like they're spreading sadness across the world. So then they're like, <gasps> oh. Oh, I like that, actually. Those <laughs> terrible just... Doombringers are going to bring sadness to our town, just like they brought to Haven's Reap. Oh, what? Ah, oh, shucks, our oh, golly, our oh, geez. We got to go kill them now with our big pointy sticks. Meanwhile, like the people in the town, they aren't, they aren't sad. They're just like, oh my God, we were so happy. And now we're just like, okay. And it's just like, <laughs> and it's this better, is so much better because we have free will. <laughs> but like, we just have these weird complex feelings. We've got no training to understand fully because we never emotionally developed as people. I actually really like this idea. This is actually kind of, this is actually, <laughs> this is actually kind of rad. Like, that's cool. I like that. We're kind of just building the campaign a little bit out now. Yep. Um, That's good as well so this is also i guess doubles to build a campaign episode eat that shit crit chat as you don't normally <laughs> do toofers Huff my shorts um, but is there like is there is there a difference in how happy they are on race as well because i th- i always think it's important to integrate like i think yeah in D like they don't really tackle like different cultures in D like that like every single elf who's a high elf is like they are this every single wood elf yeah. is they are this they're there's all kind like, of no- integrated as well like I, like I like the idea that there's different cultures and that they've all got their own struggles going on but in yeah. their own race that exactly are, like a human couldn't understand what a tiefling is going through because yeah. they've been shunned out in this world especially tieflings would be shunned especially i think yeah um i think every left-wing person loves tiefling that's how you can tell if some, one of your friends you, is this is how you can tell if you're a bread if if if, if you want to get that bread do you like tiefling if yes guess what you're a leftist now if no get the fuck out tory we fucking hate centrists. you go, go fucking play an elf dickhead and then they just like go play your bougie elf cunt you asshole and then <laughs> everyone else is just doing all the people that survived the original war because they were fighting against gods became demons instead and now we have tieflings and all the people <laughs> who are like okay are like we're tieflings now and they just punch people in the face and then they, <laughs> and then they, they hang the rich and it's great and they're all tiefling monks yep <laughs> <laughs> fucking monks. hell <laughs> party of tiefling monks punching the rich and <laughs> spreading doom i mean there's so much variety in like monks you could actually probably do that it would be you almost definitely definitely it would be could. a terrible idea though it would be awful uh yeah but like like i say incorporating different cultures and their 
own individual cultural struggles yeah. um, if you're going for homebrew stuff. This is why I like Dragon Age so much, because it does that really well. I think like, the dwarves have got their own thing going on, and the elves have got two separate cultures completely. Yeah. Um, I, I... And even the different human cultures feel different enough that they've got their own problems that you can't understand if you're from somewhere else. It's kind of... It, I like it. I do feel like they're... For me, a lot of... Most of the races don't really have... like They're, they're just kind of like... Elves are like the kind of the exception because they've got a lot of like sub races that are like have clearly very different cultures. Like wood elves live in the woods and they're like druids and shit. And like the high elves are uh, Tory voters and the drow are weird BDSM matriarchs, I guess, or whatever. You can tell which ones are my favorite yep. listeners. Um, but like dwarves <laughs> are like dwarves like money and different types of digging. And that's about as expansive as their culture goes. Yeah. I feel I like, like I that's that. probably. The weakest part of Dungeons and Dragons for me is it's like, oh, so like everyone's just the same apart from the elves, sometimes kinda. This is why I kind of do this with, with dwarves. I'll, I'll often do this thing where I make like some of them are like the crafters and like the builders and some of them are the traders and the, and even, I know that's not a lot, but it all contributes to the same economy. Yeah, I kind of like- But it's two different branches of that. So they have different, out, they have different, slightly different outlooks. It's not a lot, but like dwarves are so ingrained in, in like popular culture as that. Yeah. It would be quite difficult to divorce them from it. I don't know if it's too my own horn. I don't want to do that. But I, I think for me personally, one of the more interesting parts of my current saying is that like the elves are quite split. They're very different. Like, High elves all live in this big, super posh, very rich area, but the wood elves and dark, Ooh. the wood elves and dark elves all live in this forest together, and there's not like this whole drow thing because I find the drow a bit weird. I I don't like the drow. I'm gonna be honest. Driz ruined the drow. Yeah, like fight me on this. But yeah, everyone who plays a drow wants to play an edgy drow swordsman now, and I'm like, fuck you. Yeah, you don't get to. <laughs> I, I that or a sex freak, and I'm like, yeah, you can play a sex freak, but be a bard. I totally <laughs> have never done that. <laughs> And it def- definitely wasn't the first game of Dodgers and Dragons I ever played with Owen. <laughs> yeah, don't lie. Which... I was going to say, I remember. Don't lie. That was possibly one of the funniest things I've ever done, but also I felt so bad. As a DM now, looking back, I was like, I, I was that guy. But I am embarrassed. That game was that game was a nightmare. Just... There were two that guys at that table, and one of them was Jay. Yay! <laughs> so... Let's build on this world a little bit more. So, like, how do we want to incorporate different racial cultures into this? Obviously, because, like, we've obviously got everyone feeling aggressively joyful. I mean... How does that manifest for a race like dwarves or, like, even... For, for like, tieflings, for example, that are generally shunned by society because they look like demons? I don't know, because, like, my thought... Is it, we're happy with our lot in life. We love being oppressed. Like, I don't know, there's something about that that feels a little bit like... No, I feel like... That's what I mean. I feel like the tieflings are the ones that are, like, distinct. They're separate from this whole happiness shit because they're descended from people who fought from the gods. But, like, I don't know, like, my first immediate thought was, like, dwarf culture is that they see a mount the mount they have to be like when they're around mountains they're happy but that's just what they are anyway so i don't really know i don't really it depends i guess hmm. when they're around mountains they just get really horny yes fuck. they all <laughs> they all exhibit different varieties of happiness like <laughs> elves when they see the woods they're like no look at the wood it's so cute look Aww. how cute they are and when a dwarf sees a and rock, the mountains rock up and the dwarf's i'm like, gonna fuck that rock <laughs> I'm gonna fuck that wee rock over there, lad. I'm sorry, Ismay. There are Scottish people that make this podcast. Yeah, I know. I realised that as I said it. Joke's on you, you bag. I'm super horny for rocks. Uh, I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, man, if I ever play a dwarf around Ismay, I'm gonna have to apologise ahead of time because my Scottish accent is atrocious. It's alright, her English accent is atrocious, so it's, it's fine. very fair. It hurts my throat to sound like a Tory. Um, her accent for a fucking... What's it? What's the... Rakeen you're talking Rakeen, about? Rakeen, yeah. I hate it. Haunts me. <laughs> 
I that hate haunts it. me when so she much. Said, when she called me daddy in that voice, I wanted to die. Um, oh no, baby made daddy angry. Yeah. Not saving the realm, D&D podcast. Yeah, it will update it's... at some point in the next century. Hi there, nerds. Give me a second. I'm going to try to use computer magic to generate, generate a real voice. Okay, I think that did it. Oh, it's a good thing too, because I could envision that that robot voice for the entirety of the middle of the podcast break chat would get annoying and in fact, not funny. So I guess I have ghosted out of the machine for a hot second in the purgatory that Owen and Jave put me in so that I can do the cool middle of the podcast break chat thing. Where did Alfred and Emily go? Fuck if I know. They're probably, I don't know, they're probably playing Minesweeper in the background or some shit. The lore is not airtight. But I'm gonna go over the regular things because I know that these chuckle fucks aren't gonna do it. So if this is your first episode of Crit Chat, because I don't know, you might have come over here from Think of the Children to see these idiots in action, uh, then welcome to the thing that we do. It's not normally this. Well, it's kind of this, but kind of not. Uh, Crit Chat, we got D&D Comedy Advice Podcast. I don't normally plug the podcast in the podcast, but... Who knows? Maybe there's other new people here and they're just here for some Jay and Owen antics and they don't know what we're all about. We're all about giving advice, giving some funnies, and generally having a good time up in the Crit Chat community. If you want to join all of us in our nice little friendship group, it would really help if you went over to our social medias. Uh, you can do that by going to our Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Crit Chat, all one word, or in our Twitter at twitter.com forward slash Crit underscore chat. Or you can find the Discord, which is, like, there's a link to it in the description of wherever you're listening to this. It really helps us out. We're a word of mouth podcast. Like no one really knows about us unless you tell them about us. And so it really helps us out. Like if, if it's a friend being like looking for a new podcast or if it's someone that you, you play D&D with, like, oh, this kind of like elevates your bullshit. Or uh, one of the things that really helps is if you see people online, they're like, hey, I don't know how to do this. You can be like, hey, this is a podcast that t- teaches you how to do a bunch of things. That's normally how I get the word out there. Uh, and if you guys did it too, it would mean the absolute world to me. If you want to help us out in a money's way instead of a word of mouth way or as well as a word of mouth way, uh, you can do that over on our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash crit chat, all one word. You can donate at a lot of different levels. You get a lot of different rewards for those levels. Uh, one of the things being that you get a lot of behind the scenes. No matter what level you get at, you get some behind the scenes coolness and excellentness and you get to hear the things that didn't quite make it on. Not because they weren't good, but just because, you know, sometimes we run out of time on this damn thing. So yeah, if you go over there, then you get some cool extras and you also get our other undying gratitude. We also have another podcast that we do over here at Crit Chat Headquarters, uh, which is Half Damage. It's an actual play D&D podcast uh, that gets updated more than Not Saving the Realms. Just saying, that is a bonus. Just saying, that's a bonus time. Uh, and we, we release those like every other week, and they're they're really fun. It's us playing through Curse of Strahd, but with a reality TV show twist. We also just did our Christmas episode, so if you're not all caught up but you still want some Christmas time cheer, uh, you can head over, and there are some maybe familiar voices in there. Maybe familiar voices that you're hearing on this very episode. So that is Half Damage, wherever you find podcasts, so wherever you found this one, you can find Half Damage on there too. If you were listening to this and you are a regular of Crit Chat, also another thing that you should definitely go and listen to is, I don't know, maybe the latest episode of Think of the Children. Then maybe you will get to see where me and Emily and Alfred ghosted in the machine off to. Maybe there was a little swabberuski that happened, who knows? So yeah, go over to Think of the Children, wherever you find podcasts, and listen to us there. And also these guys, I guess, whatever. They Jumanji'd me, so fuck it, I don't give a shit. Anyway, I can feel my tenuous grasp on this earthly plane fleeting once again. I'm gonna go back into the machine. Oh no, it's It's happening. happening. Goodbye. 
so like I, we've got all that in there that's on lock and i like that but like it, what i want to do because this is something i do when I, I do world building where where's the cool shit where can i what what can we make that's cool and where can we put it uh i always find that altering how magic because magic's the most extreme element to me yeah of any DD world magic is the most extreme element of it so i find like not altering the magic system to make up weird rules because that's just anno yeah, annoying yeah. But, like, you know, altering how magic is perceived in the world, is, I think, is quite interesting. Like, are you doing a low magic setting or a high magic setting? Because that, that's very important. That, um, that especially, yeah. But I mean, literally, like, when you whip out a wand, people are like, oh, my God, that's cool as fuck. This is Harry Potter. Or, like, cool, burn the witch. That's very cool. Maybe that's why they went to war with the gods in, in the first place. Because, like, magic got out of control. That could be something, right? I, I could, could roll with that. That could work. I just, I have that in my head now. <laughs> like, excuse me, can I have a butterbeer? Oh, yes, of course you can, sir. Oh, sorry. Oh, yes, of course you can, sir. That will be five gold Schmeckles. pieces. Schmeckles, please. Um, and then he, yeah, he's like, oh, shit, my bag's, oh, it's in my coat. And he uses his wow, Accio magic, uh, Accio money. And it's like, oh, I guess you have to fucking die now. I'm Barry Scott. <laughs> Hope you That's... like death, 12-year-old boy, because it's coming to you! <laughs> You're about to taste it! Um, I like that, but what I meant sort of a lot of, like, geological cool shit. Ah, okay, now Like, I'm... a lot of the times uh... I'll put in, like, a big lake, or, like, a cool mountain range, or, like, a cool city that's upside down, or something dope like that. Like... Why not all... Okay, so basically what you said is you make a mountain range, a lake, or Australia. <laughs> I mean, basically, I was thinking more like a city that's like hanging off the mountain, and it's like on like uh, yeah. discs. I like, always had a really cool discs. idea. It, I don't know if it works for. It. I don't know what technology level we're at in this in this one, but I always like the idea of having like a city that was like on scaffolding between two mountains. I like oh, no, that. No, sorry. No, so it's like, it's like it's like it's like two mountains, and there's cities built into the mountain sides, but in the middle. Based on scaffolding, there's this massive airship port. I had that in my head for ages, but I never knew where to put it. Yeah, see, something like that. Something like that's cool. Like, if you just have, like, cool shit like that, that can inform a lot about the world. It can, like, oh, hey, there's a really cool city. You should put some adventures in there, and maybe players can go to it. Like, stuff yeah. like that is is definitely good. You've also got to consider it, like, is this, like, the, the most popular city may not necessarily be the most advanced city. Yeah. Um. So, like, is this city the most advanced city? And is that, and, like, what's based here? Or like, London, like, London's a shithole, but, like, everything's there. So yeah. that's definitely a thing. Whenever I play a game of Civilization, my third city is always inevitably better than my capital. It's just how the world works. This so, is my second, and usually my harbour town that's the best. Usually it is usually my Usually my capital's my harbour town. Um, that's fair. I always try to get it to be my yeah. harbour town. But... I always try to get at least one town on the, on the sea. Welcome to Civ Chat. Actually, play Civ, because that'll give you a good idea about where to play yeah. cities. Like, cities need to be built My favourite thing they've added in Civ 6 is you can make maps for yourself now. Oh, can you? Yeah, you can make custom Dude, maps. Dude, that's dope. We need to play a custom map. Yeah, I actually wanted to try and recreate my current setting in the map. That would be cool. <laughs> and it took me like half an hour before I realised, like, A, the version I made is way too small. And then when I bumped it up one size, I was like, um, I don't have three decades to recreate <laughs> this shit. But it's pretty, it's pretty cool. Okay, I think we're gonna, I think we're sort of like winding towards the end now. Is there any sort of like more final notes you want to give on world building? This, the, the thing we've made here, that's for you to just have world. It, yep, it would make, you're welcome. It would make more sense for sort of more like comedy themed game, I think, than a grim, dark, serious one. But you know, we're comedians. It's what we do. Unless you have like people who really like drow and you want a place to put their characters so they can get it out of their system and realize they're boring, and then just put them in this saying and they'll get sick of yeah, it. Yeah, people that play edgy loner characters, like realize that you're not interesting. You can actually make characters that want to go on adventures. It's amazing, right? Like that's how we got the children's book The Hobbit, and that still had a war and some pretty dark shit in it. 
but it didn't have right. uh, my name is um emo the hobbit and i hate myself i'm gonna sit in a corner and brood and drink beer alone let me put it this way based on personal experience if i am sat at your table and you whip out your drow rogue and you describe <laughs> his hang and his whole backstory and my immediate thought is oh so you're playing sasuke from naruto you need to burn the character sheet and start again start maybe again. play a paladin just start a second or something i, I do play paladin paladins can be fun i've played paladins some fun are- paladins in my time pa- Paladins are pretty fun. Yeah. Also, like, don't be afraid to just take a D&D character that's more roleplay heavy than combat heavy because D&D is more than fighting sometimes, I, guys. I, I, I exclusively make characters that are more roleplay heavy than fighting heavy. This is more advice for fair. players, and this is a DM's advice podcast. Um, yeah. So, yeah, are there any final notes you want to give on world building then? Just sort of, like, as a general one for the people, for the, for the children? I, telling stories about heroes is a good idea to, like, make your world feel a bit more fleshed out. Uh, having people, like, be familiar with, like, you know, just offhandedly being familiar with nearby landmarks like NPCs is pretty good as well. I'm not like, oh yes, this was built in the year 1854. Like, make it so that your NPCs, like passing citizens, are as familiar with like a local landmark as you are with a local landmark in your town. You know, I can be like, oh yeah, that's the Reekin. Don't know what it's fucking like. Never been there. And I've been here 20 years, but I've, it's there. It's just a big, that. It's, it's a big old hill. I know that, and I know. What's the Reekin? I don't know if you know. It's a fucking hill, bro. <laughs> it's a fucking it's big fu- hill, and I know it's approximate location. You can't fucking miss it, bro. It's the biggest one in this entire. <laughs> Fucking county. Other than that, don't know anything about it. Big old hill. It's got a big. It's got a big radio tower on the top. It's got grass, and I know generally where it is in relation to other things. Other than that, can't help you, dude. Sorry. I also uh, have districts in your cities because that oh, yeah, adds to sure. it as well. That adds to it because that adds. That's class. like a really good. Like it seems simple, but you'd be surprised like how often even I forget it, and I've it been DMing for like a couple of years struggle, now. Class struggle and class struggle is the most identifiable thing that anyone playing D and D has because they're probably all poor. And very gay. Eventually, <laughs> you got to do what I did, which is accident, accidentally, and possibly subconsciously, orchestrate your world and history of the world, including a powerful magical artifact, in such a way that the end game of the campaign is a proletariat uprising against an entrenched <laughs> upper class right. that mis- uh, abuse the world and their people. You joke, but so many D and D campaigns end with overthrowing a monarch or like an evil king or like a bad man that's subjugating the nation. I am not talking about overthrowing a king. I am over. I I'm talking about overthrowing multiple cities with entrenched, like, yeah. upper-class figures. It's good, right? A lot of D&D campaigns do that shit. Uh, be gay, do crime. So, that's... Yep, that's I think, the, uh, that's my the final, general tone of my campaign. My final notes for world building, then, uh, are just do stuff, and, like, if it seems cool, do it. Yep. Like, Rule of cool j- is always good for D&D, because no, none of your players are going to give a shit about plot holes, unless they're dicks. And if unless they're dicks... <laughs> Throw a dragon at him. If they're dicks, it's like, okay, oh no, a rock falls on your ma- on, on your boy, and everyone's and, and he's dead. Roll a new character, eat shit. Um, oh no, is that is that is that is that Tiamat? No, it's the entire uh, mass of the Reekin falling on your head. Get <laughs> fucked. Brought the Reekin back. That's comedy. <laughs> That's comedy. That's what we call a callback, baby. So yeah, do cool shit. If it fits with the tone of the campaign, you can definitely do it. Even if it doesn't, if it's cool enough, your players will probably be all right with it. Also, if your players are like, you know, some players are like more into D and D than others. It doesn't mean they're not enjoying your world or your campaign. But like, if you've got players that are like super into the history of the world, like ask them for their opinion, what they think is cool, and like, yeah, you know, brainstorm it because like the DM's role is creating and maintaining the world but like there's no reason that players can't like add cool shit in i do that all the stuff time. yeah I, my, pl- my players have added so much cool shit to my worlds um and like if, if the player is like especially engaging in the history of your world and the lore and the backstory you owe it to them and yourself to kind of write some more about that even if you never use it it's just cool to have i think because yep. then you can be like oh yeah here's a cool thing 
And then you've got that, and that's in the pocket then. A lot of ideas that my players, like, have come out of me, like, not even, like, necessarily taking ideas from them after a conversation, but just, like, talking to them and then asking questions I hadn't thought of and then being like, oh, I could add that in and, like, that'd be pretty cool. And then that's just become a part of the campaign that's just established and well-known. D&D's a collaborative medium, so, like... You can... I think you can tell that your world is good when you either say something as a DM, like, obviously... You can literally say, like, something happens in a certain town and everybody does it. And you say that it happens and your players don't question it. They're like, that's just how people from, I don't know, Albion are. That's a good sign that they're like, oh, well, don't people from this place do this instead? Like, they've actually thought about your world enough to think, that's how the culture of this area would probably work in my head based on what you've said. And if that matches up to what you've thought, you've done good. Yeah. I think that's about everything we want to talk about. These these yeah. RV world building. Um, goblins are great. Do sex to them. And um, that's about it, I think, for Crit Chat this week. Um, thank Go- you all for joining us. Uh, it's been a really good time taking over the airways we're, i'm about to release control i'm about to release direct control uh give it all back to isme screw it you can have it i'm in here partying with my friend master chief um but before we go then i think we need to quickly talk about the thing where's the script that you sent me isme have i closed it i thought you were talking about me i was like i don't send you a script no it is did and i'm worried i closed and if I did, it did it's definitely not this that's for the that's the, the script i sent you is for the hentai we're gonna make oh yeah that's a different thing but you'll have to listen <laughs> to think of the children yes <laughs> um so we're gonna start wrapping up then so let's go over some plugs jay you got any plugs i do I have a plug for our cumulative plug. That Ooh, sounded dodgy. It's both of ours. It's our shared yeah, plug. We are the gay dad to this plug. Plug. And speaking of the uh, the shared plug and also the script that I sent, Owen, if you'd like to see hentai made of your beloved <laughs> childhood memories, uh, specifically TV shows, you should tune into our podcast, Think of the Children, where me and Owen systematically destroy and pervert your favorite childhood entertainment and media. Uh, we've destroyed a lot. We destroyed the idea of Harry Potter and turned it into a mind drug, if I remember rightly. It was a, it was an AI super cult. That was it. We sent Jedward to the Crusades to make, create an accurate historical <laughs> documentary based around them. That was very good. Uh, we did something with Trapped, didn't we? Um, yeah, we done. St- oh, we we gave it to a drag queen, I think. I don't remember that specifically what we did with it. I but don't remember what we did specifically. Drag um, queens were involved. <laughs> uh, if you are into that sort of shit, if you have any suggestions, or if you just want to hear me scream about weird shoes for a solid ten minutes, uh, tune into us. We're on. Uh, what are we on? We're on Spotify. We're on Spotify. And- we're on Stitcher. We're on iTunes. Anchor. You can find all that shit by going to the website, which is totccast.com. Hey, that's that. I didn't yeah. even know we were on half those things. So that's surprising to me as well. <laughs> we're learning things together here, folks. That's the whole point of uh, crit chat. Yeah, if you like, if you liked what you heard over the co- over the last hour, but you want to hear something a little bit more general listening, maybe that's for you. But be warned, it's very. I'm so glad I have not called this podcast clit chat. Clit chat. <laughs> like that's a, such a low line joke. There's I'm your episode so title, is mate. Enjoy. Um, hey. <laughs> So then I'm going to do the plugs for Crit Chat. Uh, you can find us on iTunes by searching Crit Chat in podcasts and leave a five-star review for this five-star show or find us on all the best podcasting apps every other Saturday. And we're going to wrap up. So until then, we're about to relinquish control. I've been Owen Piper. I, you thought you'd get me. Even on another podcast, I demand that 30,000 no, US dollars. <laughs> no, Jay, listen, we're on another, you have to advertise ourselves. It's fine on our show. We have to do it. God properly. damn it. I'm sorry. Uh, this is this is this is a free trial. <laughs> I've been Jay Little. And you've been listening to Crit Chat. See you later, nerds. 